hey, my name is Eric McCoy. And I want to tell you that faith in the coronavirus is faith in its ability to hurt your kids. The fear of what we are going to do. Oh, I'm getting laid off work. Hey, your job is not your source. If it is, you're in trouble. Jesus is your source. Whatever you do, do not stop tithing. Don't you stop sowing those offerings. Oh, well, they won't let us go to church. Well, email it in. Text it or give that money to the church. You take it down, you stick it under the door, amen. You get that tithe in the church. You bring that money down. You get that offering now and then go home and do what you're supposed to do. God, God wants you to give everything that you have. And he doesn't care if you go homeless because what you're homeless he will provide you with everything that you need after that. He wants to test you. Shakalakalaka. You, you give up your home. And then you know what? He's going to give you three homes. You have no idea the pain and the suffering that you're going to endure. The devil, the devil doesn't want you to give because that's his opening to take your soul. Do it now. You do it now before it is too late. If it's your stimulus check, you sign it over to me because he is going to save your soul. The devil will attempt to stop that pen from signing. You do it now before it is too late. You bring that money down now. Oh, wow. I want to tell you, I am so glad to get that out, Lona. Because you know what? We are saving souls today. That's exactly what we're doing for the right price, brother, for the right price. <laughs> and I'm with my co-host, Lona Curie. <laughs> That's right. I'm Lona Curie, and I'm a transgender mentor, and I am grateful to be getting this word from you today. I mean, Amen. Amen. I got about $1.35. You can have all of it. You get that right money now. in. You bring that in. Save your soul. I am going to do it. I need it. I need it to be saved. And it's such a cheap price. <laughs> so, so we are going to talk about evangelists today. All right. Now, within, ev- within Christianity, right, evangelism ministry is any ministry whose chief aim is to win converts, bring them over to Christ. Amen. Amen. And in the Bible, <laughs> so the word evangelist means to bring good news, right? Bring good news. Bring good news. Now, while evangelistic ministries use a wide range of methodologies, they all focus on one basic task, proclaiming the gospel. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop. What? <laughs> Man, I like I can't stop. Jesus, what the good news? All right, Christian Christian denominations differ in their exact definition of what proclaiming the gospel entails, but all evangelism, Lona, all evangelism, regardless of the denomination, is designed to draw people to follow Christ. 
right? All right. That's what they say. Yep. All right. More importantly in this topic is <laughs> mass evangelism, which for oh. many of us brings the image of Bill Graham. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. I want to show you a video real quick of Bill Graham. Okay. Get us kicked off. Let's do it. We deal in, in, in the buying and selling of, of people and talent for an evening. And I'd say it's, it's, it has to be the, the, the dirtiest business, but at the same, and the greasiest, but the most rewarding and the most challenging for, for, for where I, from where I see it. The, the rottenness is in, we're in a business where you roll the dice, you can lose $10,000, you can make 10000 or a hundred. No, and when you have a lot of money involved, you will get all sorts of people. You will also get the, the huckster, the shuckster, the con man, and the good people. I, I, I don't think there's any business that could be close to this in the grease that exists. How have you changed, Bill? Uh, there are some, some moral standards that I've lived around that I've come to accept more than I did some years ago, uh, relating to the lifestyle of the younger people and the, the use of drugs. That doesn't mean that I condone everything that's done, but I'm much more liberal now in what I see and what I accept than I was some years ago. And I think that they're aware of that also. Okay, I got it. That was the wrong program. Okay, that was the wrong program. <laughs> so I want to say real quick, I remember when I first went to Grateful Dead show. Right? I want to show you really quick what the tickets look like. Okay, so this is actually, the, if you look at Bill Graham and Evening Star present Grateful Dead, right? with special guests. So that was Bill Graham, but that was not the obviously evangelical Bill Graham. <laughs> but I got to say, it was funny though. Like we like to, you know, the money situation and the, yeah, that, was, that was pretty good. You can roll the dice. Yeah. I can't believe that you saw the Grateful Dead and Santana for twenty three fifty. Oh yeah. twenty three fifty. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, I, yeah, this, I was at, at the, this show. I went to this show. Love it. Uh, this was at uh, in Las Vegas, um, 1991, um, which was the oh, first okay. year I ever saw him. And, that was uh, the day. And with Santana. I saw him in 92, 3. Had to be somewhere in that area. Was it, was Man. it, uh, who, who opened? Was it like, was it traffic or was it, uh, yeah, Steve Miller Band was another one that opened in those years. Yeah. I um, wasn't that. I think it might have been traffic. Yeah, traffic. That was that was traffic. yeah, it might have been. That was that was good. Traffic was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, that um yes, that is the <laughs> That not, is the Bill Graham. That the is one, the Bill. Oh, but, but not the Billy Graham, I think is the way they Billy, Billy Graham, right? Yeah. Isn't that what yeah. you by wasn't it Billy Graham or was it Bill Graham? No, it was Bill Graham, huh? It was Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Okay. Billy Graham. Yeah. yeah so. I didn't want to be confused. Yeah. They were almost speaking the same language, just with slight detail differences. Yeah. 
Yeah. And right. so it was, and it was, I'll tell you what, I remember seeing that, right. The Bill Graham presents, you know, and I was thinking, damn, you know, like an evangelical Christian <laughs> promotes these guys. Right. <laughs> I had no idea. Right. That they were a Christian band. I'm thinking like, damn, they must be a Christian uh, band. Right. Now, I know. <laughs> if you listen to their songs. Okay. There are a lot of biblical quotes from the Bible. There are. There Gary are. used to say that the Bible was the most inspirational book ever written. Yes. And yes, that Bill Graham is obviously not the one that we're talking about here, <laughs> but we're going to, we're not really going to delve into him, but, and it being my favorite man, I want to stick up for them, right? Yep. Because so many think of them as these drug crazed individuals, which that's right. yes, they did play music for <laughs> Ken Kesey's acid <laughs> test in the sixties, but it was also legal at that time. Also, you know, right? like, you right. know, from today's right. standards, it was legal. It's not that, like they were right. it was like drinking alcohol, right? Exactly. Exactly. And there are only two songs that I, I can actually think of that mention drugs, which is Casey Jones, obviously, with mm -hmm. you know driving that train high on cocaine, yeah, and trucking, uh, you know, yeah, out, out of the two hundred plus songs I think they wrote, yeah, yeah. But their songs yeah. explore, you know, like an ancient but like an internal dream, I think like, yeah. you know, yeah. Jerry Garcia said, right. And this was a quote from him. He said, for me, the lame part of the sixties was the political part, the yeah. social part. The real part was the spiritual part. Yes. Yes. I agree. And their I lyrics agree. played incessantly with the movement from home safety to exile yeah. chaos mm. And yep. from exile back home, redemption, mm. right? Beautiful, so, beautiful. Because I am a huge Dead fan, and I wanted to do this real quick, I want to play you a collage <laughs> real quick of Dead songs and see if you can think that it makes oh. sense that Billy Graham was a promoter. Let's do it. St. Stephen with the rose in out of the garden he goes. Country garden in the wind and the rain. The people all complain. Did he doubt or did he try? Answers are plenty in the Bible. Talk about your penny, talk about your heels. One man gathers what another man spills. Such a long, long time to be 
away between the dawn and the dark of night and if you go no one may follow that path is for your steps alone When there is no pebble tossed, no wind to blow, you choose to lead must follow, but if you fall, you fall alone, if you should stand, then who's to guide you? If I knew the way, I would take you home. La, 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 la. You know, Billy had to be involved, had to be too deep, yeah. too deep. So we've talked about the possibility of scams and people raking yes. in enormous amounts of money in the name of God. Please send your money. Can you think of, <laughs> can you think of any possible people that I researched under this topic? Oh. Mm. Quite a few. Anybody that comes on after 3 a.m. <laughs> yes. Now, okay, we're not going to delve into each one, but the 10 of the richest pastors in the United States, all right? Holy Let me there. give you a quick rundown on this. The poorest of them, and we got to feel sorry for, okay. is Joyce okay. Meyer. Um, she's only got a net worth of a measly wow. $8 million. 
Um, she's got a $10 million jet, several million dollar homes and a $107,000 Mercedes. (laughs) Wow. Poor, poor Joyce. Poor Joyce. And then you have this, the son of our grateful dead promoter, Bill Graham. And (laughs) his name is Franklin Graham, (laughs) who has a net worth of $10 million. Wow. And then you come to T.D. Jakes. Now, I am not actually yeah. sure who this is, but um, oh. this, do, a, what do you got yeah. on him? You, I absolutely know who he is. Now, he, I do have to say, is not a money asker on his shows, but there's somebody to do that for you. Yeah, now, but he finds it. Point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's there. He yeah, gets so, it. So this guy spoke at the inauguration of Obama yep. in 2009, and he's actually estimated at about $20 million. I kind of figured between his books and everything, yes, he's got many locations to his church, the Potter's House. Yeah. Now, the next one I want to give kudos to, okay, Absolutely. because I did a lot of research on this guy, all right? Okay. And Rick Warren who founded Mm -hmm. Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California, not too far from where I am. And this guy I found very, very interesting. So Warren and his wife, Key Warren, they live Mm -hmm. on 10% of their income. They donate the rest to charity. And so he was on a, he did an interview on Forbes in 2013, where he said, I drive a 12-year-old Ford. I've lived in the same house for the last 22 years. I bought my watch at Walmart and I don't own a boat or a jet. I do like Rick Warren. I've studied a lot of his programs. Yeah. Now his net worth is 25 million, according to mm-hmm. celebrity net worth, though Forbes reports that he doesn't take a paycheck from Saddleback anymore. Huh. And because he said, you know, the Bible teaches that we are to love people and use money, but yes. we often get that reversed. And you start loving money and using people to get more money. Yes. And Warren said, basically, quote, unquote, money is simply a tool to be used for good. That's it. That is it. Now, he, you know, and again, I want to make make mention here that I don't think pastors should work for free. Um, They obviously need to make money. That's not what we're actually talking about here. Right. Um, You know, we're talking about people that manipulate is really yes. what we're going to get into yes. Um, yes. and want your money. And I think in some cases don't even use it for the purpose of what we're doing. Oh no, no. Well, I think at the point that at the point that you are living within your manipulation of taking the last bit of money that someone has, so that they believe in your miracle, like there's already like, yeah, there's already like that that money is tainted and you know it yeah, and there's yeah. no way that you're spending it on that. I want to remind all our listeners, send your money. Yes. Please. Billy Graham <laughs> is the next. He's a uh, Southern Baptist minister, became one of the first yeah. pastors to reach celebrity status. Yeah. Now, at the time of his death in February of 2018, at the age of 99, Woo. he was estimated to have preached to over 2.2 billion people. Yes. He wrote 33 books, 
some of which became bestsellers. And he's estimated to be worth $25 million. Now, again, I want to say, too, that authors and people that write books and, and you know make money on their books, that's not what we're talking about either. You should definitely right. make money on your books. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, you know I, again, I don't know the, the, the whole scheme of all these people. Again, I don't want to delve into them. I'm not saying these are bad people. All of these are bad people. Um, but we will get into a couple that we will talk about. That yeah is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next one is Creflo Dollar, who is an yeah. American word of faith teacher. Yeah. Ha la 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 la. Ha la 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 la. <laughs> He's a pastor and founder of the non-denominational World Changers Church International yeah. based in Fulton we're, County, we're, Georgia. That's right. And he preaches his philosophy that it is the will of God for you to prosper. Yes. In every way. Yes. He's reported to be worth $27 million, has two Rolls-Royce cars, a private jet, million-dollar homes in Atlanta and Manhattan. I mean, he wow. needs it. You he know? needs it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, of it's, course. You know. Um, and then the next one, we talked about him a little bit. Benny Hinn is best yeah. known for his Miracle Crusades yeah. or... Faith Healing Summits, which are held in stadiums around the country. They broadcast on his TV uh-huh. program, This Is Your Day. And yes. followers believe him <laughs> can heal any of their ailments if he prays over them. That's right. That's right. And his worth yeah. is uh, his net worth about $60 million. Wow. The next we have wow. Joel Olstein. Osteen. Hey, Joel. Uh, he's the senior pastor at Lakewood Church. We are going to talk a little bit about his father yeah. um, in a little bit. Uh, he's the largest Protestant church in America, estimated in attendance America. of more than 50,000 people. Yes. 50,000. Uh, uh, every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. he, every he, Sunday. So he and his wife, who was the co-pastor, Victoria Osteen, live with their two kids in a $10.5 million mansion. In that. the Houston suburbs. And I didn't actually get a estimated net worth on him though. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his father in a little bit. Yeah. He's going to be over 60 million. I just feel it. Yeah. And then we got, well, we know he's over, uh, we know he's over 60 million because yeah. he was definitely richer than, than a bin. Or bin, bin. Hen, bin. <laughs> and then we have televangelist Pat Robertson, who's a Southern oh. Baptist, ran unsuccessfully for U.S. president in 1988. Yes. Founded Thank the you. Christian Broadcasting Network, which we actually have one out here not too far. That's in Orange yeah. County, which now broadcasts shows in 180 countries, 71 languages. And his net worth is about $100 million. Big Pat. I knew he'd be big balling. He owns yeah, everything. Yeah, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. Yeah, hey, just don't, don't you know, don't worry about him, man. He's doing okay. Okay. Please send your money. <laughs> and the wealthiest pastor is Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland. Woo! And Copeland preaches abundance and prosperity, commonly referred to as the prosperity gospel. No, they had such a thing, but apparently there's a gospel. Yeah. Kenneth Copeland Ministries is located on a 1,500-acre campus near Fort Worth, Texas. Come on, and, big Texas. And the grounds include a church as well as a private airstrip and a hangar for a $17.5 million jet, another Ooh. aircraft, 
Um, he reportedly lives in a $6.3 million lakefront mansion funded by yeah. his church. Now it's funded by it's his church. Property. So he doesn't actually have to pay property taxes either. Oh. And um, so there's debate on his net worth, but celebrity net reports that he's worth 300 million while insider wow. on the other hand reports that it could be about 750 million or more. Wow. Yeah. I believe that's yeah. 750 million. Yeah. I mean, think about this. How cool is you got a church nonprofit. It pays for your house. Yeah. Plus your multi kajillion dollar money and you yep. don't pay taxes on your house because nice. it's a nonprofit. Nice. How cool is that? Man, what are we that, doing? We gotta, what are we I doing? Know. We, we got to start a church. We've got to do something. Because yeah. we're coming at this the wrong way. Yeah. The <laughs> wrong way. So I figured something out, Lona. And there's oh, somewhat good. of a commonality with some of these. Mm-hmm. And I figured, Lona. Uh-huh. Again, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> we need to start a church. But we need to That's begin exactly. with practicing something. Okay. Oh, Again, okay. send your money if you hear this message. All of them I mentioned either teach about doing it on camera or yep. do it themselves. Now, I have something I want you to listen to. Okay. This has a couple I, that I mentioned. There's a couple of them in here that I mentioned, but a few others okay. that apparently use this same skill. Mm. Listen to this. Now, the minute you begin praying in the, uh, with the Spirit... Dear Lord Jesus, Yes, and we need, we need your donations. Give us donations. Let's pray. Come down. Dude, that was the, you know, you see all that money falling? That was the real deal. That was the real deal right there. <laughs> okay, I, w- I want to say something here, okay? And I want to I mention to people out there that believe in the speaking of tongue saying, okay, I'm not talking bad about you. I'm not talking yeah. negativity, okay? And again, I'm not even saying that, um, and, and the Bible, is, there, there is things in there, you know, on the Bible, but there are also mm-hmm. things that it specifically says what you're to do with it. Right. Um, but if you believe in the speaking of tongues, fantastic. I'm not, that's yep. not what we're talking about here. 
Um, I'm, I, I kind of see this as a, you know, something to grab people that may not yeah. have any idea of what they're talking about and people that are just wanting to take your freaking money. What do you think on that loan? Any, any feedback on, uh, on tongues? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, uh, I, um, I've heard it a lot, um, throughout my life growing up around this evangelical religion type, but, you know, I feel like there's a lot more to it. And I think I have to, you know, I have to side with you on that. It also is attention grabbing, you know, because there's very specific instructions to it, you know, in the Bible. If we're taking the Bible very literally, you know, standing there on a podium, you know, without an interpreter, I wonder if it, it causes me to wonder. Yeah. It just causes me to question all of it. Yeah. So, you know, I, as I was kind of researching the Bible, right. I, I had a hard time finding the sign that people speaking in tongues was to be gibberish. Right. <laughs> again, I'm not saying that I'm right. I just want to say that, that from the things that I was seeing. Okay. And it's pretty clear in, in certain areas of the Bible that we are seeing different dialects that yeah. are understood by humans. There is stuff in there that talks about the tongues, but people understand it. It's yeah. not like nobody understood it, right? Right. There was an inter- there, there's to be an interpreter. And, and there's really only two portions primarily, although there are a little bit others, but in scripture that really mentions speaking in tongues. Um, and again, like I said, there are a couple of exceptions on this. And we find the use of them primarily recorded in Acts and in 1 Corinthians. Acts and 1 Corinthians. Now I'm going to pull up real quick. Okay, so this is Acts 1 to 4. In one of these meetings, as he was eating a meal with them, he told them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends what he promised. Remember, I have told you about this before. All right, so they were commanded not to leave the city of Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them in a unique way. Right. And on the day of the Pentecost, the prediction of Jesus was fulfilled. Right. And okay. the Bible says okay. the following things happened. So if you go to uh, four, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now that we're staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? So the people heard the disciples speak in their own language or their own right. dialect, right? right? So in that, in that verse, now there are other verses, but in that one. So other occasions in the book of Acts don't actually reveal whether the tongues that were used were known earthly languages, whether mm-hmm. they were gibberish, whether there were, were weird noises or some heavenly language. And I want to show you manipulation, okay, uh-huh. in how I see in churches, now especially for people that, Want your money. 
Right. Now see how he makes sure that his, his people, all right, believe that others are wrong, okay, and that he is the way. They yeah. grasp onto something that it's intriguing, interesting, and different. That's the way I see this. Like, the more yeah. crazy I can make it, yeah. the more interested, yeah. intriguing people right. will be. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to show you this here. Um, and again, for those that can't see, you can hear. It's time we wake up the church. The Bible says, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Wake up the mighty men. We need to wake the church up. Satanism is on the move. Witchcraft is rampant. Demons are at work. And yet we try to face all of this in normal religious activity. I'm telling you folks, it won't work. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Now you know today we have churches that guard their gates. Don't let anybody come in here that raises their hands. Be careful. Let's not pollute our congregation. Jesus is the one that gives the power to speak in other tongues. Jesus is the one. Do you realize, according to this argument, that everybody present on the day of Pentecost couldn't join into the modern churches today because they were fanatics, they spoke in other tongues? Do you realize they wouldn't even let Paul in because he said, I speak in tongues more than you all? Do you realize they wouldn't even let Cornelius in and his household because they all began to speak in other tongues? Do you realize that they wouldn't let those people from Ephesus over there, those disciples, into a church because they speak in tongues? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, Follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries or divine secrets. Verse 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Verse 5, I would that you all spoke in tongues. In verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Verse 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by them I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. And then in verse 22, Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Then in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to verse 46, it says they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So you listen to wow. that, and you're like, damn. Yeah. Speaking in tongues, it's it's yeah. the it's the way, the truth, and the life. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Nobody come to the Father except through me, right? That's now, right. if you noticed, he read verses one and two in entirety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He skips verses three and jumps straight to four. Yeah. So what is three? So so three changes his story slightly. <laughs> Right. And three says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and huh. consolation. Hmm. 
He then says four and five, but he only states part of four. So, the, and the rest of four says, but the one who prophesies builds up the church, right? And so he states five, mm-hmm. right? Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. And then he stops there and he jumps to 14. Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a bunch of stuff between the rest of five through 14. Right. right? Why doesn't he mention any? So, and, and I'm going to read this real quick, but, but okay. it changes his story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to five. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Now, right. brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? If even lifeless instruments, such as the flute or the harp, do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is played? And if the bugle gives an indistinct sound, who will get ready for battle? So with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. (laughs) There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Mm. Mm. Sounds very different, huh? Yes. It's literally saying, don't speak in gibberish because nobody will understand you and you're going to be speaking into the air. I mean, is that, is, did I, am I understanding that wrong? Yeah, I I feel you. I'm I'm with you 100%. (laughs) Just don't speak gibberish. (laughs) Yeah. So he then says 14 and then skips 15 Mm. through 18. I wonder why. (laughs) 15, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. Correct. So then he skips 20 and 21. 20. So brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. In the law, it is written, by people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people, and even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. He then skips... Hmm. The second half of the 22nd verse, while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but Uh for believers. Right. The last part, he says, Acts 44 through 46, and he states, right? And this is what he states. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That is only 46 because that was what he said. He goes, now Acts 44 through 46. That's actually only 46. Right. Right. 
to me, this is pretty pathetic in some ways, yeah. right? Because yeah. he needs people that don't read the Bible. Right. Well, yeah. I think, and, and I think yeah. most people go to church, open their Bibles, believe they're reading it because the pastor directs them. Right, right, right. They are believing what they're being told and they want to be fed. You know, feed me, therefore I don't have to make the effort. And that is the greatest epitome of manipulation. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but I mean, you know, technically the congregation allows it. And so it's technically their mm-hmm. fault. Yes, because they want to go where he's taking them, you know? Yeah. To give that, they want to buy a miracle. They want to buy miracles. And so, and someone has to interpret the meaning. Yes. Which means that someone needs to know the language. Yes. Right? Yes. (laughs) All right. Anyways. Let's uh, move on. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to do that just because I, I, you know, as I kept researching all these different, I kept running into that stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah you know? The woman and the walker is what gets me the most. Yeah. So I wanted to actually briefly discuss the wealthiest of them all, which is Kenneth Copeland. Mr. Copeland. Now, to relate all the information that we talked about, we know that entertainment brings money. Yes. Speaking in tongues is honestly weird. If it's in gibberish, weird and out of the ordinary is always a selling point, right? Yes. (laughs) So I wanted to see, Lona, if you Uh can make sense of this, right? And I want you to listen to this. Okay. No, no, no. Every covenant is about making two one. Yes, sir. That, that, that's, that's what the thing's all about in the beginning. And the end. Yes, sir. So in the simplest terms, I have salt in a pouch on me. You have salt in a pouch on you. And we're going to come into a salt part of our salary covenant with one another. All right. Financial. So you've just poured your salt into that bag. Now I'm going to pour my salt from my pouch into that bag. And then the next thing we will do, if you shake it up, please, we would shake it. I've given you some of my salt. You've given me some of your salt. Can you separate your salt from mine? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Did you make sense of any of that? No. Okay. No. Can you separate no. the two? And then people clap. Yeah. Not yeah. sure of the brilliance that we just saw. Not, right. Right. Every covenant is about making two to one. Not sure if right. that makes sense. Right. Because <laughs> a covenant is the a covenant is the conditional promises made yes. to humanity by God as revealed in the scripture. Mm-hmm. It's the agreement between yes. God and the ancient Israelites in which God promised to protect them if they kept his law and were yep. faithful to him. Yeah. And the yep. phrase covenant of salt, which is in numbers <laughs> 18, 19, second Chronicles 13, five, or there's a variation thereof in Leviticus occurs <laughs> only three times in the Bible. And a covenant is an agreement between two or more parties an agreement that involves salt symbolizes one that is meant to be perpetual, uncorruptible, 
And so the most well-known reference to a covenant of salt, again, is in relations to God's promise to King David to make him Mm -hmm. a perpetual throne. Mm. And so from the time of Adam, the most common way the average person could preserve the edibility of food, especially meat, was through salt. And so its ability to maintain the integrity of food, um, get rid of spoilage, was very well known at that time. And this is likely the reason why God, in underscoring his enduring promise to always take care of or persevere the tribe of Levi, labeled it a permanent covenant of salt. So I didn't really quite get what that whole thing was about. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can you separate the two? Uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Friggin' brilliant. There it is. Genius. I'm done for today. That's it. <laughs> that's the, that's the mic drop time. You know what I mean? That's what, that's all. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. okay so all right. Now I want you to listen to this one. All right. Okay. This is your cup. Yes, sir. This is my cup. So. That's the cutting of the covenant. And then I would do the same. Jesus said, take this cup. This is my blood of the new covenant. Now we've mixed our blood. That's right. Which is his and which is mine. And we could never separate. You can't separate that. Amen. That's it. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. The Hebrew word for that, for for blood, is Adam. It's where the root of Adam. Yeah. Adam's name was blood. (laughs) Okay. There was so much funny shit in that. Okay. (laughs) We went right back to the same thing. Can you separate it? No. (laughs) Amazing. That's brilliant. (laughs) Now I also, did you, did you hear it's Adam's name, right? Adam's name. Adam. Okay. But this is a funny part, right? Okay. (laughs) So, did you notice that the guy did not say anything after that Adam's name is blood? Oh, yeah. Because it isn't, right? (laughs) The Hebrew word for blood is dom, not Uh adam, right? (laughs) The word blood in plural is also the word for money, which is damim, right? (laughs) which is all money repayment or retribution. Wow. Yeah. Maybe this This guy's, this guy, and he didn't, you notice the guy didn't correct him at all, but you could tell on his face. He's like, uh, you know, (laughs) 
Adam Masseuse. <laughs> Na- Adam's name is Blood? And the guy's like, uh, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> now this gets even better okay this one gets even better all right here he is doing communion now at the communion table yes sir he said this is my blood of the new covenant all of you drink all of it Judas had to drink that yes sir so and I want you to be this way every time you take communion and you ought to take it a lot a lot mm. yes, sir. now his blood mm. is in my body yes sir it's in there his blood is mixed with my blood can you see it We've been, Western people don't know anything about covenant. Eastern people do. Glory to God. Wait, wait just a second. (laughs) That stuff is good. And drink a lot of it. Hey, check this out. Okay, this was the funny shit too. All right, I was I was really thinking. I'm thinking like at first I was like, dude, there's got to be alcohol, right? I mean, who does that? Right. But then they were pouring it out of juice. Okay. Check this out. Tell me if you think (laughs) that there is a possibility, right? That there may have been something tampered with in these bottles. I've given you is my cup. So there's, there's <laughs> definitely a difference in the, the juice. Now, I don't know if you go to stores that if you buy them, they're going to be different levels. <laughs> don't think that much. Just, yeah. <laughs> like one was like capped at the top. Yeah, We're more likely to top. see the one that was less in there, right? <laughs> right. That yes. one was just packed to the full brim, yes. you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh and so those things were manipulated. Those were those were tampered oh, yeah. with. And I'm thinking oh, that yeah. was not freaking juice that he drank. No. I mean, like, no. Whoa. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> And even before, like, oh, no, don't take that. Hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, right? It's Uh, such a show. It's such a production. Such a production. And it's paying well. I mean, we're talking $300 million worth. It's paying well. This is a show. (laughs) People want to see it. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, I propose a question. Oh. Where should pastors draw the line between living nicely, mm. too much, or yes. hoarding money, as uh, the Bible, oh. I think, teaches against? Okay. What do you think? I think. What I do you think, think is too much? Too much. I don't know, man. I just. 
when you, if you took all your money and it wouldn't fit in your bedroom anymore, is that too much? <laughs> well, then you just build a bigger bedroom, bigger bedroom, keep <laughs> <laughs> moving out the line on yeah. the line, man. You know, I, I think that in so much is that we have to be a production that, you know, I, I, what type of luxury how are we treating people how are we getting this money like what is this money basically from are you yeah. taking a salary from your church and at the same time are you writing best-selling books that you're also making a fortune off of right. but at, at, at what point do you do you no longer need a love offering Right. from every yeah. person on the I mean what is the pay. what is the thing with it like so you know a church donations are to mm-hmm. help the church prosper I don't yeah. know if it's to sure. specifically help the pastor profit, prosper right right you know? right I mean it, it I mean definitely okay if the pastor is a full-time pastor he needs money absolutely but absolutely. But, but you almost kind of think like there's got to be some kind of cap well, on got- something there cannot be a situation where you've got your pastor pulling up to the church completely pimped out and the rest of your parishioners or the majority of your parishioners are barely getting to church in hopes to buy that last miracle, yeah, to buy yeah. the miracle gas yeah. and survival. Yeah, yeah and we love the poor. We love exactly. the stupid and we love the poor. <laughs> and, and I think that in all of these damn sh- in all of these churches, that have ministries like this, there should not be a parishioner anywhere near them that should not be also financially stable. Because if you're teaching a message, if you're teaching something, it should be in how all people can prosper, how we can all prosper together. And, and, you know, if you're, if they're not learning that from you, that means they're just simply trying to buy miracles and right. you cannot buy empty miracles. It doesn't yeah. happen. People's belief systems are strong. Yeah. So, you know. Well, let's take a look at uh, how poorly he lives. Okay. Um, here's his house. Beautiful. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of sad, you know. It's, um, yeah. I mean, he's barely getting by. It's got to be. Yeah. By. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> That is like, that's ridiculous. I mean, the lawn guy that he pays, I mean, the lawn company, just to take care of those grounds. Yeah. Yeah. And so aside from the salary that he gets, the the donations pay for this house too. Right. Wow. Wow. I wonder how many of his parishioners are living in a house that is remotely the size of you know, one of those gazebos, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. How many people are on television, watch him on television, religiously and religiously send that 10% of their disability check every month? Yep. See, that's that, to me, couldn't allow me to live in that house unless they were all living with me. You know, like everyone I touch, I want everyone I touch with the things that I teach now to meet their greatest version of themselves, their greatest prosperity, their greatest them. I, it, the yep. balance is just not there to me. Yep. Not there. He also points out something in this. I'm going to show you a video again. 
um, that apparently he reaps the benefits of the church property. So take a listen to this. Again, getting back to the comment, you said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Can you explain what you meant by that, yes. that, by that term then? Yes. Just, just explain, because it's really simple. You said you didn't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. What did you mean? The, well, let me ask you. Do you think that let people that fly commercial are demons? You give me a chance to talk, sweetheart. I'll explain this to okay. you. But it's a biblical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It doesn't have anything to do with people. People, I love people. Jesus loves people. But people get pushed in alcohol. Do you think that's a good place for a preacher to be and prepare to go preach to a lot of people when somebody in there is dragging some woman down an aisle? It made me so mad to see that on television. I wanted to punch the guy out myself. I can't be doing that while I'm getting ready to preach. So you just don't like to be around the sinful people or the the hurtful people. Is that what you're saying? Not the people, baby. Not the people. And And you have some fancy clothes. I mean, for a pastor, you are living a life of luxury. You've got great homes. You've got great planes. You you drive in limos. I'm a very wealthy man. You're a very wealthy man. Yes. Yeah. And some people would say that. Is it is it appreciated? May I add something to that? Uh, My wealth doesn't come from offerings alone. Because you sell things, books and DVDs. Yes. And I have a lot of natural gas on our property. Didn't know that, did you, babe? Now I do. Yeah, you do. Isn't that wonderful? Well, I guess. (laughs) A bunch of natural gas on his property. Whose property? Oh, yeah. I guess that would be the church's property. That's the church's property. Wow. So he reaps the benefits. Yes, and he talks a bunch of nonsense. I think he was speaking in tongues just there because he was making no sense. <laughs> I mean, he no. brags about his money, you know. I know. Oh, yes, I'm very rich. Yeah. <laughs> and again, well. you know, it's very clear, okay, the Bible doesn't forbid money, right? right. And it isn't no, evil. No. And, and money's not evil, no. right? No, money is not. Money and is, is required. But greed, yes. on the other hand. Yes is the problem now that yes. is talked about that's actually the one that. thing that jesus got the the craziest about yes. and the angriest about was exactly. greed he was at his most human moment in that yep. in that place now despite all that money he has now send your money please remember my plea <laughs> for your money in the beginning now it may have sounded messed up a little but here is copeland and you're going to see I wasn't that far off. <laughs> Fear of this, this coronavirus is, is faith in its ability to hurt you or kill you. Uh, the, 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 the fear of what are we going to do? I'm getting laid off at work. Hey, your job's not your source. If it is, you're in trouble. Jesus is your source. Whatever you do right now, don't you stop tithing. 
Don't you stop sowing offerings. Well, they won't let us go to church. Well, email it in there, text give or something, but you get your tithe in that church. If you have to go take it down there and drop it off and stick it under the door or something, you get that tithe in that church, you get that offering in that church, and then you go home and you do what we're supposed to do. (laughs) I wasn't too far off. I added a little, I added some to it, you know. That was good. That was good. That was good. (laughs) That's pretty close to what he said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Almost verbatim. (laughs) You hike it in, you run it in, you get it in here. (laughs) Don't you stop tithing. I got a question here. Final question here real quick. How important is amen at the end of a prayer? I really don't know. I really don't know. In my own personal life, I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tell me. Well, I'm, and uh, <laughs> so if it isn't used right uh-huh. at the end of a prayer, it the is prayer used place. as a glory for the benefit of a pastor. Uh, right? uh, uh, Almost, uh, uh, I thank you for putting me on TV. Yes, amen. Do you yes. think the pastor meant anything he said? Yeah, no. So when Christians say amen, at the end of our mm-hmm. prayers, we're following mm-hmm. the model of the apostles asking God to please let it be as we have prayed. Yes. That's yes. kind of what it says, right? Yes. So remembering the connection between amen mm-hmm. and the praise of obedience, mm-hmm. all prayers should be prayed according to the will of God. So then when we say amen, we can be confident that God will respond. So be mm-hmm. it and grant our requests. So watch this. Both of my grandfathers were preachers. They were both very poor. They lived simple, modest lives. They were extremely offended by men that made money like you do, preaching like you do. What would your response be to people that think that preachers shouldn't live this kind of a lifestyle? Folks like my, both my grandfathers. And I understand that. And I love them with all my heart. It's, it's your grandfathers that we're standing on their shoulders. They held up and they stood for it. Glory to God. But when you go back to the Bible, it's full of wealth. And it's full of miracles and signs and wonders. And it's full of goodness and it's full of meanness. It's just full of hell on earth. Those are the demons, not the people. I love the people. God bless. Father, bless Lisa today. Thank you for her grandparents. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to know her and to her team. And I pray and I believe her peace will be successful. I love Inside Edition. I love the people on it. And it thrills me to get a chance to have my face on Inside Edition. <laughs> Thank you very much, you, Reverend. Girl. You have a nice day. <laughs> that guy that guy to me is just so fake. Yes. His smile. Yes. It's almost yes. evil. It is. It's almost like a creepy, evil smile. It really is really, really creepy because it's really not real. And it's almost like when you see him in that capacity, 
and and truly listen to how little he has to say that makes much sense whatsoever it it just seems like everything has to be rehearsed like if if it's not rehearsed in his life it's not that's that's yeah. real to him yeah. and you know like that's this has been this has been a very inside edition episode on kenneth copeland i i have appreciated this episode a whole lot because you know that has showed a lot of different sides to this and it just goes to show man think for yourself if it don't sound right if it don't feel right if it don't don't look right that's the whole point look and and, you know and i'll say this like you know if people want to give them money give them money i mean i'm not saying don't do it i mean that's up to you you know yeah but I think honestly, he's a crook. I mean, I honestly think that he, um, I don't think he cares about people. I mean, he even said it, you know, like, how do you separate that? You know, Um, well, no, I love people, but they get into drinking. Okay. That's a person. Right. And I mean, you're talking about people there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to dig into the whole, like, oh, these are demons that are, you know, kind of thing. Well, then you should be there pulling out the demons in the the airplane. What's our job? Exactly. What's our job? Truly care about these people. Right. Right. Demon possessed individuals, you know? Right. I think he has just been, he has made, he's an image. All he is is an image and it's a business. And it's a shitty business, man, because the people that buy miracles are people that are so desperate for them. And that's yeah. the sad part of it, man, is because how many people file bankruptcy every day because they tried to buy miracles, tried to buy yeah. a new life. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Not like that. Not like that. You cannot put your faith in a man. You cannot put your faith in 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 something that you feel that is just as human as you are, but it's somehow better than you are or closer to God. Forget that shit. That's the thing. You stand in a pulpit and we are supposed to believe you're closer to God, that you have more of an ability to tap God's ear than any other of us do. When we in fact are God, we are expression of God in human form. We I mean, have been giving all the gifts. I mean, think yeah. about like in that whole thing I said in the beginning, right? But I was, you know, kind of quoting yeah. him and then I added a whole bunch of shit to it. But right. you know, I mean, like, you know, have faith in your in the coronavirus is faith in its ability to hurt your kids. The fear yeah. of what are we gonna do? Oh, I'm getting right. laid off work, right? Yeah. Well, you're you know, your job, just give money. Yeah. That's what? it. Yeah. That's you know. It. Yeah, That's Jesus <laughs> is your source, and so Jesus needs your money. Right. Come on. Yeah. Seriously. Exactly. exactly. Translation is I want I your money so I can <laughs> exactly. so I can buy another airplane. It's it's like, just because it's corona doesn't mean I need to lose my money too. You're getting laid off. Why should I lose mine too? We'll both be out of here. Yep. Yeah. Translation bullshit. Yep. <laughs> But I do want to say, um, do send us money. Yes, please send your time. <laughs> <laughs> Not Kenneth sense. Copeland. He doesn't need no, it. He doesn't. We could, we, we could use it. We could use it. Yes. But we will do it. It's a, it's a church, right? This is yes. the Walk a Mile in My Shoes Foundation. That's right. 
That's right. For the poor and insane, <laughs> Eric and myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. We need help. We need it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and not just financial. We need, there's plenty no. of other help we need. Yeah. I mean, we, we got. I mean, we got Lona as a freaking transgender. I know. Needs seriously help. You know. I need bad help. Yep. All you got. <laughs> Send double for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I did not uh, get a miracle. <laughs> well, we- that's what I got for you today. That was a great one. That was fun. That was good. Another um, fun one. So, yeah, again, so we'll be back in two weeks. Yep. Uh, again, this is Walk a Mile in My Shoes. Check out all of our other shows. Lona, you got anything? Any last words? Last words. Amen. (laughs) Praise Jesus. That's it. Amen. Yep. And send that money. Um, (laughs) Make sure you check out Eric's other podcast, High Wild Clean, right here on YouTube. And check out Recovery Soul Food this weekend live. Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We've got great guests. Got a great show coming this this season it's just been great and um with that man thank you for all you do this is yeah amazing- and i want to say i want to say one last thing again because I, I keep yeah. kind of thinking about this as we're doing some of these shows right mm-hmm. that you know we take this information we do make fun of stuff right yes. um yeah. and if people find it offensive um it's not really meant to be that way we just have Correct. a lot of fun with this um yeah. i think it is cool to be able to laugh at yourself Oh, whatever yeah. that is. I do plenty of it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, we should probably do a show on me and make fun of me. We should. I'd, I'd have we no should. problem with it. <laughs> I know you would. I know you would. Be great. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, again, I just want to kind of make, make mention of that. Um, and the reason yeah. being, I was talking to my wife about this and what we were going to talk about a little bit and, and the um, speaking in tongues um, mm. And so she has a lot of her friends that do you know, speak in tongues, things like that. And, 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 and so I don't want anybody to think that, you know, we're, we're coming out and saying that this is the way no. it is and you're wrong and you're crazy and all this stuff. It's not really what yes. we're doing. Um, no. We're throwing a perspective into it. Right. Um, and some of this is our opinion. Absolutely. You know, and so I don't want, yeah. and, and again, my opinion does not make it a fact. No. Um, no so don't please don't take offense to any of the stuff that we're doing um yeah un- unless you're uh tucker carlson or the people we specifically talk about you know right right, uh, <laughs> right. and i think that look i think that this is this is the point of the show that we do here is to open up dialogues of conversation whether we agree our opinions are the same they're different whether our humor is the same it's different we have logical conversations about things that people are allowing to just rip their lives apart today with with either it's fear it's mass media it's it's wrong messages and there has to be a change. I think that we are change agents in this and that we are bringing around think for yourself yes. in every aspect. If it don't feel right, yep. don't 
do it, don't go with it, question it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not it's not our goal for you to think like we do either. No, no. You know? I mean, I mean, you know, the goal is is you know, I mean, I would say probably the ones that I have no problem, you know, if they do find offense to is is the hate haters out yeah, there. Yeah, you know, yeah, they really yeah. don't. I mean, I think they're idiots. I think that you know the people that purposefully do that, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, like like Tucker Carlson, you know, I mean, he Absolutely. drives, he, he drives people to rile them up and that's what his purpose yes. is, you know, yeah. um, those pastors exactly. that we freaking, you know, the, the, like God yeah. burn them, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, people, uh, he's an but idiot, you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. no problem saying that, you know, I hope right. he finds offense to it. Call us back. If you got offended, please, yeah, please, please. Um, yes. Uh, we would love to have you on our show. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we would actually. I really would. That's you know? the truth. Um, yeah. So um, I do. Ha- I've been working on our one for next week, just to throw it out here. Um, and I'm, we're going to be doing it on uh, global warming, oh. the controversy behind global mm. warming, and uh, awesome. and uh, I, I I will give a quick uh, preview. Tucker Carlson will be here. <laughs> Yay. Sadly, not <laughs> with us. I wish he was. Like, I wish he'd actually I come on our too. show. That would be I awesome. Do. But, I do too, but I think he's artificial intelligence. I don't even think he's real. I think he's just a shitster <laughs> robot of some sort. Yeah. His his arguments are just dumb too. That's I mean, that's they the whole are. thing with me with him is like when you break down his arguments, they make zero sense, you know? Right. Anyways, we'll get on this next week again. Thank everybody right. for tuning in to another episode That's of right. Welcome Out of My Shoes. We'll see you in two weeks. That's Thank right. you. Thank you.